Welcome to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Bacon, the founder of Command-C, and I'm here with Tiffany Kukta, our tech lead. How's it going, Tiff? Hey, it's great. Really excited this week to talk about how to maximize your budget when you have an upcoming build or migration project. It sounds funny to say that I'm excited to talk about budgets, but I'm super excited to talk about budgets. I love budgets. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, (laughs) So kind of just jumping right in, we we talk about this all the time. Um, The starting point of any conversation about any build that that we work on with a client, any any project, really has to be sort of where you're at in your business. Does it make more sense to start with an MVP approach, get something to market quickly that is going to get your product in front of people quickly and that is going to allow you to start iterating? Or do you already have an established e-commerce site? Do you already have established protocols and business operations that you need to comply with and that are probably in a lot of cases not changeable? You know that site needs all the bells and whistles because your customers already expect them from you. So you don't really have the option of taking the MVP route. Uh, There's nothing quick or simple about what you're doing in this case. What you're doing is very deliberate and it's very intentional and it's, you know, potentially complex. Totally. I mean, we cannot underestimate the importance of being clear about that differentiator as uh, the the thing that informs the approach we're going to take. So probably my favorite all-time website building metaphor is that building a website is almost identical to the process of building a house, right? Like think about, I mean, just to, to start off with budget, since that's what we're talking about, you know, we can build you a $10 million house or we can build you a $100,000 house. And the difference between what you're going to get <laughs> is great. Um, and, and similarly, you know, beyond just kind of that simple example, you need a set of blueprints when you're building a house. Like it would be a huge disaster if, you know, when you were building your two story house and you went to put the second, the the bathroom in the second floor, you, you realized that you didn't bake in any plumbing, you know, that would be a real problem. We encounter very similar problems with building websites when our set of blueprints or, you know, in our case, our our technical discovery documents um, haven't been well thought through. So, you know, I say all that because a mistake like that can really impact budget. So for starters, you know, with, with all projects, and I think that this is essentially what we're talking about, there needs to be a certain amount of investment put into the planning stages or the investment as a whole is in jeopardy. So regardless of if you're kind of this, um, 
client who needs to get to market quickly and is trying something for the first time, or if you're this client who's well-established and has a clearer picture of what you really need, both of those scenarios require a discovery process that maps out what you're going to build. Yeah, absolutely. Those blueprints are are really key. And I think that if we sort of go back to thinking about um you know, the two different approaches or the two different types of, of clients that are approaching this rebuild process, you know, the, the blueprint that you put together uh, for your house if, that you're building before you know anything about living in a house is going to be very, very different than the blueprint you would put together for your house after you've owned a house for a few years. Um, you know, for example, 18-year-old me would have definitely put a television in every room, but older me knows that I'm not going to watch a television in every room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you know, thinking about that and 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 if we we just take that first approach, that that MVP approach where we're looking to get to market quickly, uh there's not really a, a ton that we want to spend on the website itself because we want to focus on the operations, we want to focus on the product, we want to focus of of on the on the business itself. I mean, you know, the the question becomes how much do I invest in the website and and the reality is that you you invest as little as you can in order to be able to grow everything else. Um, and so when we are tackling one of those projects, we look at ways that we can gain efficiency in development. So, you know, using a hosted platform that has a proven track record for a quick development time is, is a one good way to start there. Um, additionally, sort of thinking about what the, what the platform looks like from an administrative perspective and making sure that we're not overcomplicating your tasks, that, you know, you've got something very intuitive to use. And then we can also gain additional um, sort of efficiencies through, you know, using using an existing theme that's tailored slightly to fit your brand or using existing functionalities, maybe compromising slightly on some of the features that you want in order to release the project as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think, you know, a couple other things jump out to me with that. You know, I think it's also important to acknowledge that the difference between an MVP and an established business is not actually the difference between a startup and an established company. Like we see the MVP model working often for established companies who are just trying something new. So I think that that's kind of the key differentiator. Like, are you trying something new that you're not sure is going to work or that you know needs to be able to pivot quickly? Or do you already have a sustainable, profitable e-commerce site that you need to optimize? Um, So I think that's important. But the bulk of your budget should be put into figuring out what works and what doesn't work, right? So like, I think it's important to set the expectation that with this approach, you know, this this platform might not be the platform you're on forever and always. Um, it, it might be, it might mean that you just need a new theme on top of that platform. But You know, we don't want you spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on this MVP um, when you don't have the traffic yet or you don't totally know what your customers want. The the budget in that case should be spent understanding what your customers want and getting customers to the site in the first place. (laughs) 
You're listening to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C, a development team that saves e-commerce retailers from outdated tech and ineffective operations, with a strong focus on Magento and Shopify+. Plus. You can learn more about how we help at commandc.com. So let's talk a little bit about the customer who already has an existing e-commerce business and um, knows that they need to migrate either to a new platform or a new version of the same platform, how do they prioritize their investment? That's a really good question. I think that much like the MVP client, the number one most important thing to invest in is planning. And in this case, that planning necessarily needs to include a lot of discovery work because an established e-commerce company with an established customer base that already has expectations needs to be able to relay to the development team what those expectations are so that we can build something that is going to meet your client expectations and is going to satisfy all your business operations needs. Um, There's also the administrative expectations to take into consideration. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we see very frequently, um, especially when people are re-platforming from an older platform that that they've had for a while. Um, They just kind of fall into, I don't want to say a rut, that sounds so negative, but they fall into a pattern of how they work with the site as administrators. And so, yes, changing that pattern is often a little uncomfortable at first, but if we really focus on maximizing the efficiency for those administrators and for the, the customer support staff, we get an opportunity to to maximize a portion of your business that you may not have even considered to be associated with your website. Yeah, totally. That's that's what I started thinking about is um, I think that administrators, all they have is their history, right? So they, they oftentimes don't even know what's possible for them in terms of ways to automate things or, or make certain processes more efficient. And, you know, this is kind of this this crucial step of of when we're talking about where to to put budget when you're migrating to a new platform as an established business is in the technical discovery of again not only finding out what your customers needs but what are your administrative needs and so the way that we deal with that is we go into stakeholder interviews with with each of the different departments in an organization and talk to them about what are their pain points uh, with with the way that they're doing things currently. In an ideal world, how would things work? Um, you know, really kind of probe at exactly what their jobs entail and try to extract information that helps us understand and think about creative ways to, to make processes more efficient. I mean, just imagining what a 20% increase in that in that efficiency would do for your business as a whole starts to make the investment in the replatform make sense beyond just the very obvious pain points that we're that we're looking to solve. Um, it also does a really the the stakeholder interviews and talking to administrators and not just focusing on the customer experience, which 
to be clear, is still incredibly crucial to this process. But talking to everybody allows us to do something that is from a development standpoint, from a technical standpoint, I think the most important part of any discovery, which is it allows you to explain the problems instead of just request the solutions. Um, So we Uh avoid self-prescription and we get to a world where once we know what the problem really is, we can help you identify the solution and also determine whether that solution even fits in with the platform choice that you may already be leaning towards. And, and, And then we have a much more holistic approach to the project at that point. So I think with this kind of path, really spending the time and putting the right amount of budget towards discovery is key. But once you've kind of completed that discovery and you know, you know, this is the platform that we're going to be building on, then I think, you know, the the second chunk of, of the budget really needs to be put towards building a foundation that you're not only that will certainly like with, with this, this path forward, longevity is key, right? So presumably the budget that you're putting forth is not going to be tiny. And because you've, you have certain knowns and, and you vetted certain things, like this is the case where we're not, you, you, you still want a platform that you're going to be able to pivot on, but you don't want to be rebuilding your platform in two to three years. You want something that's going to last you as long as it can possibly last you given the current technological landscape. So focusing on building, you know, putting putting that kind of second portion of your budget towards building a really solid foundation and automating communications between your operations infrastructure and the website itself. So figuring out how to build in connections between the website and all of your other, all the other arms of your operations kind of becomes the priority here. Um, And again, we don't, you know, like Tiffany said, we don't want to overlook the importance of coming up with beautiful designs. That is also an area where, you know, budget should be um, maximized. But I guess from our standpoint, we're always thinking about, well, if you don't have the foundation to support those designs, like designs can change, right, Tiff? They can, and they absolutely should. Um, you know, when we when we talk about choosing a platform, we're never talking about choosing the design. We're never talking about choosing the presentation layer. The shelf life of any digital design is, I mean, it's short and it's only getting shorter. I mean, you should expect that design on your project will be iterative and will be ongoing. I, I mean, I think my favorite quote, and I honestly can't even tell you who to attribute it to, is, is that a, a good website is never finished. I mean, there, there is no mm-hmm. finish line. There's release and then there's iterate. And it's in a especially in e-commerce. Yes, Especially in e-commerce. Absolutely. I mean, think of all the tools you didn't even have five years ago. All of the express checkout options, all all of the sort of one-touch maximizing customer experience tools that simply didn't exist five years ago. In five years, there will be thousands more of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. So you know, we're not, we're not talking about design. The the expectation is that design should, you know, continuously be iterating and and we've accepted that it's not going to last that long, but I guess that begs the question of 
how much longevity should I expect to get out of my platform? Um, again, very specifically talking about this type of business who's at this particular point, not the MVP customer or, or business, but um, what, what do, how much longevity do our clients get? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a few, okay. Your mileage may vary, <laughs> which is my second yeah. favorite quote, <laughs> but, um, I think, I think there are, there are sort of a few key things to look for when choosing a platform and they're part of what we look for in the discovery. And, and one of them is not just the ability to connect the platform to the, um, ERP and other operations tools that you already have, not just the ability to do that right now, but does there exist a robust flexible and accessible API that would essentially guarantee that we could connect to almost any other web-based application you would set up to use. So you have a new third-party logistics provider, you get a new warehouse system, you open seven new retail platforms. How do we get the data back and forth? And and so knowing that we've chosen an e-commerce platform with a robust and and open API is is important. Knowing that we have access to all the required endpoints to actually drive your operations is important. Um, Knowing that that platform is scalable also becomes critically important. So right now you might have 100 SKUs in your store. No big deal. Syncing 100 data points back and forth, you know, I can do that in my sleep. My phone can do that. Tomorrow you have 50,000 SKUs. Now we're syncing 50,000 data points in real time, constantly. Understanding how the platform will perform at scale is going to be enormously important for predicting your longevity with it. And then ultimately what we're really talking about here is the difference between um, the data layer, the information layer, and the presentation layer, the front end. And so making sure you pick a platform for longevity means that you're choosing a data layer that fits with your needs and that fits with your product type. Um, So, you know, if we need to store a bunch of extra custom product attributes in order to support your operations, maybe that platform isn't the best fit. Or conversely, maybe the fact that we can store those data points is what makes that platform a good fit. And so those are all the things that come out in technical discovery that then directly inform how much longevity you could expect from any of the platforms we would be looking at during that phase. Yes, absolutely. And I think another important thing to consider in terms of longevity is looking at the history of the platform. Um, So, you know, Magento is an open source platform. And several years ago, they notified their clients that they were sunsetting Magento version one. Now, granted, there was uh, ample notice and that sunset has still not happened. It's been a couple, maybe maybe even three years at this point, two, three years. Um, but it's an automatically, it's an automatic end of life for that platform. Whereas, you know, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that out of Shopify. And that's because with, with Shopify, Shopify is responsible for keeping the platform up to date for the most part. And so that's another important thing to consider with longevity is sort of what is the track record of um, my e-commerce platform provider looked like. So I know we can't really wrap this up in a in a nice, pretty tight bow and say, you know, you should expect X number of years from, you know, your platform. But the goal 
with uh, the established e-commerce business is to maximize longevity as much as it possibly can. I think that wraps up today's episode. It's always great talking with you, Tiff. Thanks, Sarah. You too. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us again for another episode of ReCommerce.